episode 137, Agent Carter, season two, episodes one and two, Lady in the Lake, and A View in the Dark. Welcome to level seven. Podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. And hello, welcome back to Agent Carter, another feminine superhero, but with a much different tone. I, I think we'll go with tone as the word. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am one of two agents. Yes, we're back to agents again, who is here to talk with you, dear listener, about our beloved Marvel Cinematic Universe. I've been joined by my friend and yours. Uh, can, can we do this later? Maybe I, I'm not done with Amazon. Pardon? What? Say? I'm, I'm what? in the middle of an Amazon purchase right at the moment. Um, That's the kind of thing you might want to do before the show, right? Or um, after? But I'm curious why it's happening during right now. Because Agents of Shield season two is finally only thirty four dollars. Wait, what? Yeah, it's thirty four dollars. Right, this very moment at the time we were recording, Amazon? I got some gift cards. Do you? Do we need to stop so you can stop recording so I can? Uh, let's see, Agents. I, I got a lot of Christmas oh. gift cards at the moment. This is Agent Daniel, a happy Agent Daniel, and and uh, oh you know, yeah, wow. It it was like. Wait, on 70. DVD? No, DVD, it's only 27. Well, I, I've been watching it because I think like all agents, I've been frustrated with this whole Amazon thing. Amazon exclusive, yeah. It even sees it says uh, says it in the title. Because I think I got season one at like a huge discount. I got it at Best Buy. Yeah, and so I've been frustrated because, you know, it's been really expensive. So I've been watching it and Agent Carter like like Hawk. I mean, Agent Carter season one still on my DVR. Yeah. Eight episodes, 23 bucks right now. So, uh, yeah. I, no discount I just, on that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty good. I mean, don't you agree? 30. No. Well, for me, I'm I'm getting TV show stuff on DVD, not on Blu-ray. So Blu-ray, it's 35. DVD, it's 28. Dude, I do everything Blu-ray. Yeah, I know. I'm a snob. I'm a cheapie. No, cheapskate. I'm just saying on my TV thing, Ben, some TV shows just don't come out right. I'm just saying my TV don't matter. Proceed to check out. Agent Anderson would suggest you come visit me. I would if you didn't live 13 hours away. Well. Speaking of 13 hours away, that's why uh, for some of you who are. It's going to be about 48 hours. 48. What? Before it gets here. It's two days. Two days. Oh, free. Oh, I do the free no rush shipping and I get a dollar credit on ebooks and digital videos and stuff. But order has been placed. Yeah, I thought about it. But Finally. It's done. Okay. Hey. There we did. Just did our shopping here on, on the show. That's timing. It's been a busy day, buddy. Busy day. I believe it. I believe it. So, yeah, Agent Carter, are you ready to talk about Agent Carter? Yeah, just as soon as we talk about my new favorite TV show. 
What? It's what we're going to talk about after the intelligence report. After the intelligence report? You mean after well, the sounder during, that I'm about to play? Because here comes the sounder, dude. It's ready. It's new. It's fresh. It's ready for Los Angeles 1947. Here's our sounder. SSR intelligence report. There. Yeah, I'm here to talk about my favorite new show, Ben. And that show would be The Flash? Well, you might call it Marvel's Most Wanted. Oh, well, if that's the title, yeah, that's probably what I would call it. Yes. Sometimes I like to call it, she's hot, he's a mess. Oh, I just saw that today. Daniel, we're what, five minutes into this episode and I think I'm going to have to press a button. What do you say? Sure. Yeah. Well, but first let's give credit where credit is due and then I'll press the button. Agent Ricky. Agent Ricky. Who, Agent Carter always holds a special place in Agent Ricky's heart. So this is only appropriate. That in an Agent Carter episode, we hear this. The new prize winner of the day. Seriously, man. Five minutes into the episode, we just gave away a no prize. Well, Agent Carter hot. just lifts spirits. She's hot. He's a mess. It's a good description. Of your new Marvel's favorite show. Marvel's Most Wanted. Yeah. But why is this newsworthy? Because we've known about this. I mean, other what? than the, the awesome post on Facebook that we got from Agent Ricky. Because we've got a major cast ad to this show, which really tells me that, you know, Marvel's going for this. Uh, ABC's going for this. Uh, they've added Delroy Lindo to Marvel's Most Wanted. Playing. As Dominic For- Fortune, who we've actually discussed in one of our comic episodes where everybody heard me just Gross. sour grapes about yeah. Howard Chankin. And in the end, I get a little depressed about the fact that this is a Howard Chaykin character coming to my show. So on the other hand, uh, this actor has a lot to bring to the character. He has a ton to bring to this. He's not going to look, he's not going to look anything like Howard Chaykin's art. No. So there's that for you. Yeah. He will not actually look like the one male character that, um, shake and draw us because he's in fact a real live human being. That's right. Exactly. He is a living, breathing human being who will look like a living, breathing human being as opposed to the angular. Uh, I don't even know how to describe his art. I don't mind it sometimes, by the way, Howard Chicken's art. I, I don't think it's necessarily it, my it, favorite it's thing. It's the time or the place. Fine. People can hear me go off if they just go back and listen to that episode about the fortune, whatever version of Agents of Shield comic. So, okay, all right. But yeah, I mean, this this is kind of a cool thing, you know. I I like the idea of adding an adventurer to the show. To me, it it tells me kind of what we're looking at in the show is going to be kind of these. We, here we have Agents of Shield, where it's all the agents and spy stuff. But it, I think it's going to be more just regular adventures. It doesn't have to be spy adventures. Dominic Fortune is a soldier of fortune, you know, going out and, and you know, going on adventures because it pays well. You know, he's a James Bond without a government, you know. And so this character here for Marvel's Most Wanted or whatever you're going to call it, um, you know, I'm going to stick with the title that they actually he's hot. give. No, she's hot. He's a mess. I'm going to stick with the title they actually gave the show, but many might actually think he's hot too. No, I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there. Um, but anyway, yeah, 
my only concern is uh, how will we handle if we had two two shows in the in well, a week? I mean, what if we had a Flash Arrow situation going on here uh, for Agents of Shield? I don't know but, what we would do. I I don't let's. That's called borrowing trouble. That's what my wife's yeah, grandmother says. You know, don't borrow know, trouble. You're borrowing trouble. We know that trouble. I'm going to talk about Marvel's most wanted. Sometimes we just know it. So, oh, definitely. Then I'm going to rewatch it again and again between episodes of the 18. So, hey, I have more news for you. This is breaking today news. Okay. The Doctor Strange movie, Ben. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of questions. We've seen cast members come and go. Okay, mostly come. <laughs> One character we haven't seen cast is. Is faithful manservant Wong. And? Today, Benedict Wong, actor of stage, well, actually screen as far as I know, um, has been cast. And I, I'm sad for you since you've never actually seen him in anything. Really? Because Well, he was in The Martian, and you haven't seen that. I did see so The Martian. I have a hard time believing that. That seems like you're kind of lying there. Don't lie, buddy. I you, saw The Martian. So Benedict Wong is his name? Benedict Wong. He's one of the rocket scientists from the uh, from the university. I can't remember which one, but the guys who are making the payload. Uh, isn't that going to get confusing on the set? That I Wong's mean, Wong's playing Wong. No, there's two Benedicts. No. <laughs> yes. Yes, it will. Yeah. Although. In this situation, then, because a lot of times, at least in plays that I've been in, the director will call me by my character name or call people who, you know, who are in the play by their character's name. And so in this case, they can actually just go, hey, Wong. And that's his last name. He thinks they're just being real familiar with him, calling him by his last name. Um, Says here he's a British actor. But uh, yeah, two Benedicts. That's going to get confusing. Uh, But again, Ben, if you'd seen The Martian, you know he was really good in that. Yeah, so was this is something we can look forward to. Another actor that's got some good screen time and other things that has done a really good job. Just in another reason for someone like me who's not overly excited about Doctor Strange as a concept to get excited about Doctor Strange. Except it also seems that, let's see here, looking at his, his IMDb, he's in Prometheus. Well, oh, I mean, you've seen that. Another sci-fi movie I really, really liked. Uh, also directed by Ridley Scott. He's in Moon, which is another sci-fi movie I really, really liked. And he's in Sunshine, which is not a sci-fi movie I really, really liked. But it's a sci-fi movie. And So, so it's just good uh, to know that you've seen him in some things, Ben. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've seen The Martian. It's really, really good. Uh, except for when it's not. I have a hard time believing that. Well, you can believe it or not. <sighs> From what you've just described, I'm pretty sure you haven't seen it, but I do know something you have seen. What's that? Despite ABC's best efforts to keep you from seeing it, (sighs) you have in fact seen Agent Carter. Please, Ben, no rants. No rants. I'll I'll, I'll summarize the rant, okay? My my summary of a rant, they won't let you watch it online in the first week unless you have cable, which I think is super stupid. But I went to Hulu. Got the free one-week trial. I'll be able to watch the three episodes of Agent Carter that I need to watch in order to do the show without paying any money. And I'll be able to watch the episode of X-Files that I missed yesterday. So, yeah. I'm happy. I'm I'm annoyed. 
because of reasons that we've talked about many, many times before. We don't need to get into it again. But aside from being annoyed, it worked out. I have seen it. I'm ready to talk about it. Are you? Let's do it. All right. So here comes, oh, I remember now. <laughs> the mission report. SSO mission report. So we have two episodes to talk about here, Daniel. Lady in the Lake and A View in the Dark. And this seems to be our trend with some of these Marvel shows when they do the premiere to get our double episode. Well, but I think this time... Which is really of, two episodes. Well, well, <laughs> wasn't it because of the some sort of State of the Union address or something like that? They did this last year too, though. I do remember it last year, but I don't think they intended to this year. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? It doesn't matter. But they, they've done it with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too, where they've given us doubles. So there are really just two episodes. I feel like they go together, though. I feel like these two episodes could have been a, a two-hour episode if they'd wanted it to be. Although I haven't seen anything beyond this, but it just you know feels like they're continuing the storyline, continuing the mission. Um, ben, I, I just got to get on a high horse for a while. This I'm, is completely unplanned. Okay, I'm standing back, giving your horse some room, but I will help you up there if you would like. I'll hold your hold your foot as you step This up. might even be considered spoilers, which we will spoil. You mean this episode or these two episodes? Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Ben, this is really good. This is really, really good. What? Agent Carter. This okay. is fantastic TV. I'm entertained. I'm enjoying myself. I feel comfortable. But at the same time, I feel like our, our whole production is matured. I'm loving every moment of this show. Yeah. I, I, I really like these two episodes, too. Um, I, I don't don't be mad at me when I say this. I'm not. I'm not mad at you. Although I will say this. Oh, well, Daniel, when I say this. It okay. might be better than Agents. Okay. It, it might be. Is that cheating? What do you mean? Is it? Oh, you mean like uh, cheating on your show? Yeah. You've already, <laughs> dude, here you are. You're cheating on your show, but you're like in your mind, you've already cheated. You know, you've already cheated with Marvel's Most Wanted. So, oh, I've totally cheated with Marvel's Most Wanted. I mean, but I mean, it's, with with Agent, is, with Agent Carter here, you know, this is you actually cheating. But you know that that whole Bible verse where it says, you know, if you've you know thought about having committing adultery, you've already done it because you've done it in your heart. You've done it in your heart, Daniel, with Marvel's Most Wanted. You've done it in your heart. I just, it's really, really good, and Haley is hitting all all cylinders and all the right places and I'm getting the feels and I'm feeling excited and I'm seeing action and there's, a you know, love, exciting and new intention. I I'm loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they again, that's two episodes, you know, there's what a bunch more to go, but well, six more, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I miss Phil. It's been a while since we've seen Phil. We haven't talked about Phil forever. Maybe we could talk about Phil later today. But it's really good. Hey, can I take a side sidestep here? You know what else oh, is really go good? Ahead. You know what else is really good and also set in 1947? Tell me. X-Files. The yeah, X-Files return. Really I mean, I'm I just going to mention it right now. We're not going to cover it like we did with Heroes, um, even though 
we could. Uh, that'd be the kind of thing that maybe I, I would push for, but I'm not going to because you're not going to ever watch it. But it And was, we probably should do a programming alert. We plan to have a Heroes Reborn synopsis summary uh, for this episode, but neither of us have watched it, even though they're three weeks old and the show's completely done. Um, mostly because, uh, believe it or not, Ben, apparently neither one of us actually schedules our lives around television. I try. I try. But, you know, life gets in the way. <laughs> it's it's just one of those things, man. So so, so we promise it to you. It's going to happen. You're going to get your, your extra synopsis. We're going to finish it out. Finish out the show. They're all sitting there on my TVR, Ben. Yeah. Ready to go. And hopefully they're on the NBC app. <laughs> yeah. Hey, not picked up for season two. Nobody saw that coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, we'll, we'll cover uh, Heroes Reborn probably in the next three Agent Carter episodes, but we're not going to be doing Heroes Reborn for the Jessica Jones episodes that we still have left to go because that's all out of out of uh, order in the timeline. So, yeah. But Daniel, I, I agree with you. This is good television. Uh, there is solid character development. There's solid character movement. They uh they hit the ground running with this thing with the first scene and there's a good mystery. There's weird science going on, which, you know, if you, it makes sense. You call, you know, you have agents of shield is a, is a a spy show, but it's the strategic science reserve. And so it makes sense. They get involved in these weird science things. And I'll even call it out at one point. They'll call them science cops. Well, I love that. I love that when they show up for the at the lake for the killing and and the cop says, oh, are you the science cop? Yeah, I mean, we've never had somebody kind of, lay, you know, explain it to us so quickly. This is what the SSR's charge is. They're not the FBI. They're not the CIA. They're the United States government science cops. I love it. And I guarantee you we're going to see a couple web comics called Science Cop coming up. Someone's going to do it because that's just cool. And I just wish I had the time to be one of those guys who was doing it, but I don't. So, yeah, science cops. <sighs> ben, I think, because we're going to have a lot to say on this episode, yeah, that we might need you to give us kind of a thumbnail and maybe maybe give us a thumbnail of Lady in the Lake. Okay. And then we'll talk about a bunch of the stuff that happened. All right. So we start with a dramatic bank robbery and Carter is fighting, ends up fighting Dottie, who is doing the bank robbery and catches her. Then we scoot over to Los Angeles, 1947. It's the hottest day of the year, and a woman's dead body has been found in a chunk of ice in the middle of Los Angeles. That's crazy. It just doesn't happen. Meanwhile, in New York City, Carter is in, is interrogating Dottie, but Thompson's not feeling too good about it. And so when Sousa, who is chief of the SSR in Los Angeles, calls Thompson asking for help, Thompson sees a chance to get rid of the thorn in his side. He sends Carter to Los Angeles. She is greeted by Jarvis and is taken in as a house guest with Mr. Stark in Mr. Stark's house where Jarvis lives, along with Stark's menagerie, including a flamingo and Jarvis's wife. Stark is out of town, so Jarvis pushes himself to Agent Carter, asking if he can be her chauffeur. She says no, but we all know he's going to end up doing it anyway. Hidden behind a fake talent agency, though, Carter comes into the Los Angeles SSR offices. We learn that Sousa has not returned any of Carter's calls since, basically since first season. Instincts kick in, though, as she jumps right into the the investigation. And she says, we have to see if the body and the ice are from the same crime. 
The body, it turns out, is frozen through and through. It also glows. And we find out that she was probably near a particle accelerator. So they go and they use their investigative skills to get into the particle accelerator at Isodyne, a science lab. Carter steals a key. Susan turns on the charm for the receptionist. And we meet a Dr. Wilkes who has some information. The victim may have been involved with the company owner. And so they go, they, they investigate. They find out that, yes, you know, they were having an affair. But uh, meanwhile, back at the investigation of the body, the doctor who is investigating the body has frozen and also um, falls over and shatters. Turns out exposure to the blood is causing that kind of a problem. Dr. Wilkes is brought in as a consultant, but is kidnapped by Andrew Henry, the cop who has been working with them on this case, just as they realize that the only person who could fake the Lady in the Lake murder, which is a serial killer, uh, who just stopped killing about two months ago, is that very same cop. So they chase him down. They find the car ditched because it's frozen. And they go to, uh, they, they find him, but he gets shot because he is now freezing and he shatters as well. Yeah, so we find out that the police officer who shot him is actually working for Chadwick, the owner of Isodyne, who was having the affair with a woman who was killed. Um, Wilkes asks out Carter, but she says no because he's a person of interest. Meanwhile, Thompson is trying to, you know, do his best to investigate or to uh, interrogate rather. Dottie uh, doesn't do very well. He meets Red from that 70s show who gives him some really depressing advice. And then at the end of the episode, it's time for the people to go home. We find out that Sousa has a girl, Jarvis has a car and he's picking up Carter and Wilkes has a secret. And it's this weird kind of blobbly energy thing. That's our episode. Thoughts, Daniel thoughts about this episode. It's so good. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's so many things I want to say. Do I get to just start picking on things? Well, can we start with the groaner? Can we start with the thing that made me just go, well, <laughs> No, go ahead and start with the groaner. Okay. The doctor who's investigating the frozen body, who's trying to thaw out the frozen body. You know what his name is, Daniel? Tell me. His name is Dr. <laughs> Dr. Meltzer. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know? Because he's going to be the one who melts her. Well, sometimes you get a problem. Maybe uh, it's just coincidence. <laughs> I know you love a good coincidence. Yeah. I can't decide if, I mean, if it's intentional, I can't decide if that's just really, really stupid or really, really clever. I keep going back and forth. No matter what, I'm groaning, but I can't tell if it's a good groan or a bad groan. It's a bad one. Yeah. I'm just going to say it one more time. His name is Dr. Meltzer, and he's the one who melts her. So, although he doesn't actually. but Yeah, so we have a mystery. This lake has frozen. Why has it frozen? Well, it's frozen because of the woman. The woman, though, was killed. Was she killed and then put in the ice? No. Uh, she was killed and then put in the, uh, the water 
but her body has been affected by this weird thing and it freezes the lake. And yeah, I mean, this is a cool open. We get this awesome fight with Dottie and then we jump over to this cool mystery. And and the cool thing is, is we have a mystery. We don't have a Hydra incident. We don't have. No, Angie from Hydra running around, though, of course, there are Hydra agents in the bushes. I've I've identified them. I've told, I'm told differently. I know who they are. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know tonight. I'll point fingers. But it's nice to just have a mystery. It's just kind of this set, period, piece, fun, interesting mystery with some superhero stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it. It just feels refreshing. It feels re- refreshing to not have a 22-arc storyline. That's actually 36 episodes when you think about how far our current storyline really has gone. Um, no, I, well, I would argue that we're going that it, long with, with these different story arcs. I mean, we've got some again, threads. It's going to be story arcs 13 episodes of the same story. But again, it's just it's nice to have a little something different. And we know Hydra is around because, again, I've seen them. But we know that they're not the big bad of this. No. So well, nice. well, we don't know that, Daniel. We don't know they're not the big bad. I mean, in this episode here that we're talking about, there, it's hard to tell. But, I mean, there's that pin. There's the thing that she was trying to steal from a safe deposit box. Yeah, but we'll get bay. back to that pin. Yeah, but that pin... That's Hydra. Is it? Well, is it not? I'm pretty sure it's not. You're you're sure it's not? Pretty sure it's not. Well, it sure does look like the symbol that they were using in, you know, when they were looking at those books and stuff. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, we've got a secret cabal of of evil people. So this okay, is just another you're one. Okay, into the next episode, but you don't know who those guys are, do you? I'm guessing that that pin is a Hydra element no you think it's not uh it's not can you say that i mean what makes you say that with with such certainty because it's the magia you think so yeah that's who that that when we get to the second half that's who's pulling the strings on chadwick is the magia well it might be the magia pulling the strings on him but they are tied into hydra these pins they could be but (laughs) so that means what we're gonna see is the magia but you're saying clearly you're saying it's not it's yeah, not it's not hydra it's not. except it could be but it's not hydra it's obviously well, that's not only because hydra's into everything yeah okay well yeah, we're gonna see the magia that, that's what that pin's gonna represent is the magia well if if so that's still cool that is cool but i just want to see the walking head of silvermane that's for you superior spider-man foes superior foes of spider-man fans out there yeah, I'm okay, not. I'm the only one. <laughs> it's really one of the best comics you could ever read. Yeah, I just don't have time for Spider-Man right now. Spider-Man is not really in it. Just his body. It's his his foes. Foes. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, so, oh man, we just keep jumping around. So let's no, uh, let's start. Let's ahead. talk about Dottie. Okay, Dottie. Is awesome, but caught so early. But she seems to have a little bit of a crush on our girl. I yeah, I think she let itself be caught. Um, although during the fight, see, here's the thing: Carter is outclassed 
fighting Dottie. I mean, Dottie is basically a ninja and Carter is, you know, an officer of the law. She's been taught how to fight and she has learned to fight dirty. And that's really the only thing that gives her the upper upper hand is that she fights dirty. Dottie also fights dirty, but she's so skilled. She can't help herself to like actually use moves and stuff. And, And then she wins by, I mean, that's a cool, cool shot right there. I mean, we're not just talking about, oh, great story. Oh, great actors. We're talking about cinematography here, too. That slow motion. With the coins. The coins. The coin bag hits her and explodes and the coins go flying. Her hair goes out and she's going down. Uh, It's a it's a great shot. Great action scene. Yeah, very much. Um, And then, of course, even the open. We didn't even talk about that, where Dottie is walking. We, we don't know it's Dottie yet, although I was assuming when they well, started we see with the this, red hat, we get excited because we're like, ah, Peggy. I didn't and think it was Peggy. Feel the gray. No, I didn't think it was Peggy. When they started with the same shot that they started with before, I, I, I couldn't, I didn't think it was Peggy. And then it turns out I was right. But I didn't know who it was. I just thought, no, that can't be Peggy. And... Then when they're in the bank, though, and you see these little, you know, you don't see the people straight on some of the people working at the bank and it just, you know, the tables get turned. Uh, the, the SSR agents are all all the people in the bank are, are SSR and they're being held hostage by the bad guys, by Dottie's team. And they all they all have guns, you know, and it's just like a good moment. It's a good, you know, action adventure i know we're in good hands after this first scene i was surprised to see her get caught so quickly though and then we go from that to that intriguing day in los angeles hottest day of the year there's a frozen lake that's something out of the x-files right there the way they set it up you know it it's neat it's fun let's just go ahead and continue with Dottie. yeah so you know Peggy's there to interrogate her. Peggy seems to think she's really the only one who can handle her. Donnie seems to be enjoying the interaction and the give and take. But she also is pretty clear as we hear Thompson talk to her later. You know, there's a plan. She knew Peggy was going to follow through with the plan. She knew exactly how Peggy was going to work with her. Yeah. Um, but she steps ahead. But it's really it's not just step ahead. It, there's kind of this respect there that she doesn't have for Thompson. She's okay. She understands how Peggy works and she's okay with Peggy's outcomes. Even though, as she says, there's some things more powerful than money. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's okay with playing Peggy's game and she wants to be engaged with Peggy. Peggy is really the person she wants in the room with her. Yeah. And, and so I, I have a feeling that there's more to this than just, you know, the bank robbery, but it was to try and get to Peggy somehow for some reason. And I don't know why, but I do think it's intentional. Dottie is there for Carter. I think you're right. And and again, another mystery. Uh, at least I hope it is. <laughs> I well, hope it's not just a, connect. oh, this is the crime we were trying to do. Oh, rats. But we'll turn it around now. Hopefully everything's connected. Yeah, well, wink, wink. It is the MCU. So, uh, 
quick comments on Thompson. Thompson, even though he's the chief, he still doesn't seem to quite know how to deal with Peggy. He seems to respect her. Again, he's, he's got her in the room with Dottie. Yeah, yeah. But he, he respects but he also, her, but he has to sidestep her. Yeah, he wants her out of the way. Yeah. And so he lies to her and sends her to L.A. Yeah. That's unfortunate. <laughs> but, it, it, I mean, it gets our story going. Uh, he, Yeah, you're right. He doesn't know what to do with her. He doesn't know what to do. I mean, you want to talk about Thompson now? He's not very good. He tries to do the carrot and the stick by himself. And I'm thinking, okay, you don't want to stick in the room. Episode? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Right. Yeah, yeah. Tries to interrogate Dottie. Carrot and the stick. She turns the tables. Literally. Flips the table on him. I'm thinking, you have a stick in there. You just uncuffed her. And she's a black widow. They like sticks. You know what else? What? She knows five ways to kill a man with a carrot. <laughs> and then she's, you know, flips the table. They come in and get her. She does not fight them. You know, you, she's in control. She's in control of everything that's going on. And when the FBI show up, it's almost like she feels like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen too, or something like that. But, yeah, Thompson, that poor guy. He ha then has uh, the, the heart to heart with with Red from that 70s show. Vernon Masters is who he is here. With the FBI. With the FBI. And he says to him, and this is, he says the SSR is a wartime department and is irrelevant. And he says, do you, you have to ask yourself, do I want to be the former chief of the SSR or the current muckety muck of the next big thing? So... That's, I don't know, that's Thompson's character arc, I guess. What's is, he going to do? What's he going to do, and how is that going to affect everyone else? Which, luckily, he's in the New York office, but just like all of America, the SSR has expanded in the late 1940s into the West Coast. The West Coast. And there's a second chief. So we've got two SSR agents who have got promotions. We now know that Sousa is also a chief. And he's changed his clothing to be out there. <laughs> he does. He looks more more relaxed, more casual. He's definitely got a more California trendy. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know the whole thing with the the Los Angeles setting. I kind of like it. Uh, some of the jokes about Los Angeles were kind of funny about the drivers and you know, all the drivers are the drivers are abundant and abundantly irresponsible. Um. And it's hot, but it's a dry heat. It's like it was written by people who live in California. Yeah, yeah. And then filmed there, too. Makes things a lot cheaper, a lot easier. Um, and, but then also, it's brighter. It, when they're in New York, everything is gray. And here in Los Angeles, it's bright. It's, it's hot. It's sunny. I mean, that's why the, the film industry is in Los Angeles, is they can film there. Uh, all around, all year round, and and not have to worry too much about rain or cloud and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it's it's a nice uh, atmosphere. I, I like it. Sometimes I really miss LA. I only lived there for about five months, four months. But sometimes I miss it. It's true. Sometimes I miss LA. I haven't been to Disneyland in three years. 
Sadly for Peggy, there's no Disneyland for her to go to at this time period. Yeah. But but don't worry, there'll be a things. Disneyland reference before we're done. Oh, there will be? Oh, yeah. I didn't catch it, but that's not to be surprised. So that's Thompson. We've talked about Thompson. We talked about uh, Dottie. Uh, let's see, who else is there to talk about? Well, Sousa, he's the chief now. He's Sousa, more relaxed. Yeah. He has a girlfriend. We know that in well, this episode. We know this by the end of the episode. Basically, we're, we do walk into the fact that there was some sort of relationship going on between Peggy and Sousa. Some sort of almost at least light romance. But this relocation to California did not make it easy for for them to continue the relationship. Long distance relationships are hard. It's just a truism of life. Now, I managed to do it, but when I lived in Los Angeles, I stayed in contact with my girlfriend. A little bit different communication scale there. Transportation, not as easy, just saying, or phone calls or email. There is no email. Yeah, I didn't have email. I just had phone. Just, again, he should have returned some of those calls. But again... he seems to have not handled long distance relationships well. And, and so this entire interactions with Wilkes, you, you get the feeling that when she's saying it's a person of interest, what she's really saying is I have a person of interest. And there's this tension of, you know, are they, or aren't they, it, are they something that is or isn't? I mean, Rose is even, you know, Oh she man. Knows, she, she knows, knows. that those two have a torch. Is that a fair word to use? Yeah. And, you know, so that's really until the very end when we see the girlfriend. You know, there's just this deep, deep tension that's, you know, I get tense, Ben, but this is a different kind of tense. Because I'm like, would you two go to go to a show already? You want to know what I thought maybe we were getting with Dr. Wilkes here? Finally, is the man that Captain America saved. Because he served. Uh, now, maybe we don't find that out until next step episode. But I, I kept asking myself, oh, is this the guy? Is she going to fall for him? But again, Sousa also served. Yeah, yeah. He served in the Pacific, though, didn't he? But we'll find out Wilkes was in the Navy. True. And in the comic books, Captain America was all over the place. There's nothing to say that there isn't a secret mission in the Pacific with Captain America. There is nothing to say that. They just haven't said it yet. Yes. So maybe we'll find out. I, 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 if I'm going to ship anyone, you know, I wanted Carter and Sousa to get together. They wanted me to want Carter and Sousa to get together. Clearly, now in this episode, they still want us to want Carter and Sousa to get together. But there's some things in the way. And that thing being Sousa is just kind of a clueless idiot when it comes to returning messages. Well, and, and that's what he we has think for a, good, a girlfriend. Good portion of it, yeah. You know, we're really convinced that he just bumbled this, but maybe in fact it's because he found somebody new. It is easier to just ignore a problem than it is to face it head on. Like to say, "Oh, Carter, I'm calling you back. Thank you for leaving a message, and please don't call back because my girlfriend might answer." And that philosophy is why I have a black toenail. I don't know if I should just leave that right there or not, but I think I am <laughs> just going to leave that right there. Okay. But that's not normal. 
I, I don't even know what that even means, but we're gonna we're gonna move on to maybe talk about Jarvis. Yeah, Jarvis is back. Yeah, it's and Mrs. Really, Jarvis. I mean, the often discussed, but now finally seen Anna Jarvis. Yeah, yeah, she is as passionate and happy-go-lucky as he is reserved and uptight. And she knows it. And she, and she loves enjoys it. it. Yeah. And he does too. Well, but at a certain point, you know, we get the introduction, we see her basically making out with him on the screen. And you want to yell, get a room. You're like, is she doing this to make it clear that this is her man to Peggy? And you're like, no, she, she nope, really nope. doesn't fear Peggy as a, a <laughs> hindrance to her relationship. She really enjoys the fact that it's making Edwin a little uncomfortable. Yeah, because he likes what she's doing, but he's embarrassed because of, you know, appearances. And it's a fun relationship they have uh, just in this little bits that we get here. Uh, also, she's the one who uh, gives uh, Peggy some clothes so they can go to the, the horse track to see Chadwick and also gives her a, a garter with a, a gun holster in it. Yeah, she's better than just your but friend's butler's wife. She's M. She's yeah. M with an attitude. Well, she's M and Q put together. If you're oh, going to yeah. go to James Bond terms I feel like that. bad about myself. I should have totally said Q. Sorry. Oh. Porter Master, duh. I'm an idiot. I'm stupid. Stupid. <laughs> now, don't say that about yourself, Daniel. What a hot mess I am. Stupid. Oh, man. Anyway, <laughs> you had me wanting to help you, Daniel, and then you, you just kind of kicked me in the shin anyway i i like her she's not what i expected exactly but she's a lot of fun and and now that i've seen her i don't even care that she's not what i expected because she is a lot and, of fun and then getting back to jarvis it's nice to see him back it's nice to see the this relationship they've switched some you know he's not there because he's trying to save howard he he's there because he misses his friend. And he wants something to do. Let's and also, I mean, he is super bored and has been trying to take care of flamingos and, and stuff while while uh, Stark is off just, you know, chasing skirts. He's got the entire run of this mansion and he does run with because of Bernard. But, you know, he he misses the action and he's trained. Well, oh, never mind. Well, sorry, skipping that. Skipping ahead. But, I mean, this is something he's looking forward to. And he's volunteering to drive her around, you know, as a friend, but also because he wants to be near where she's at because clearly that's where there's action. Yeah. And <laughs> that's the other thing is, as reserved as he is, you know, he is a man of, uh, well, he's not a man of action, but he's a he's a man of... Uh, wannabe action? I don't know. I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to think in my head, but I will say this. One of the things I'm really enjoying about these two is they're friends, but they're completely platonic. You mean uh, Jarvis and Carter? Yeah. Yeah, I love that too. They're now, two different genders, but again, they're able to be friends without there being tension in the sexual variety, unlike Jessica and Luke, wink, needy, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, because the nice thing is, is I feel as a mature male adult, I actually have many female friends. Um, 
So I think this is great. You know, this is in a relationship where everybody's waiting for it to be shipped. It's just a nice, fun, and interesting friendship. Mostly. I mean, there have been some moments that I remember in first season where I was worried because they made it seem like there was something a little bit more. But then they kind of turned it and said, you know, that's something a little bit more is they actually care about each other. You know, they, they, they care about each other more than just being acquaintances, but not in a romantic way. Although maybe maybe they considered it. You know, maybe maybe Jarvis did say, oh, I've spent a lot of time with this person. And uh, oh, Jarvis didn't consider it. I've now met Anna and <laughs> he did not consider it. Well, I'm just saying. And the other thing is it, that would be completely out of character, too, because Howard would instantly consider it. And really, in many ways, Jarvis is so much of an obstacle, an opposite of Howard. It just would be out of his character for him to be. Interested in a woman who's not his wife. Okay. So we've talked about Jarvis. We've talked about Mrs. Jarvis. We've talked about Carter all the time here. Maybe we should spend a little more time on her later. But there's Wilkes, the new scientist that I'm thinking. Yeah, Wilkes here in this first half, he's a mystery to be unwrapped. But I'm seeing him and I'm thinking, okay, he's going to be the addition to the team. He's going to be that scientific addition to the team. Now, we at the end of the episode, he's a person of interest. So, addition to the team, love, interest, If he got whatever. added to the team, he wouldn't be able to get drinks. Maybe. But maybe he'd find hey, a way. For, sci- for yeah. science cops, they don't even know their, science, their lab guys' names. Yeah, that's true. Come on, that was pretty funny. It was. It was uncomfortable. But yes, it was funny. Meanwhile, the other science guy, we know his name, Meltzer, because he melts her. Now you really, really like that, don't you? I don't know if I liked it or not. But do you wish you had written that? Do you, do you wish? There's a part of me. There's a part of me. Yeah. But I'll have to live with never being able to write that name in that way. I'll just have to live with it. Let's see who else we need to talk about. Wilkes. And, oh, Andrew, the cop who gets shot and shattered. What's his deal? I mean, he is definitely a part of this mystery. He cleans up people's messes. He's a good guy, although he kidnaps Wilkes because he wants Wilkes to heal him. Why does he need to be healed? Because he was exposed to the dead woman's blood. Why was he exposed to the dead woman's blood? (laughs) Because he was making it look like she was killed by a serial killer. And so he cut her up, switched her shoes, threw her in the water, and then he had a really bad mess on his hands, which is classic MCU type of situation. First season, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Just that, oh, no, I'm a I'm an altered human now. What am I going to do? So I really like what's going on here with Detective Henry. I mean, we bring in Sean O'Brien, who's a career character actor. So, so many things. It's nearly impossible for you to see him and not instantly be like, oh, that guy looks familiar. Yeah. You may not know where you've seen him, but you know you've seen him. Well, and the thing is, is you probably are like instantly thinking about, oh, I remember when he was in this. I remember when he was in that. 
I can remember he he had a show called Brothers Keeper on TGIF back in the day that I, I actually kind of really liked where he was the kicker for the San Francisco 49ers. I can't He's also in that. a lot of other stuff like Phenomenon. I, he's in everything. The Princess Diary. If there's a show, he's been in it. I mean, to be blunt. Um, 118 credits as an actor. 118. He gets around. Yeah. But you, you instantly know him. You've got a well-skilled actor playing him. You, you know he's only there for an episode. Maybe, because at some points I was like, is this going to be kind of Souza's new partner? Is he going to is he going to be the wisecracking, experienced cop who's obsessed with L.A. culture that's going to serve as a counter to Souza? I'm like, I, I could see some more of this. I thought so. I thought we were going in that direction. In the end, we get a crooked cop who thinks he's doing the right thing. I mean, he's doing this because, A, he is crooked, but he's also thinking, hey, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to restart um, this case because they took all my resources off of it. He literally thinks he's going to crack a killer by disposing of a body of who he, you know, killed it. Yeah, again, it makes no sense because he's crooked. No, no, I mean, he. Th- I think he thinks th- he thinks he's doing good by cleaning up the mess. But then he knows the who killed this woman. And so I think he can he feels like he can hold on to that information or something. You know, he's justified it to himself for sure. But, you know, he doesn't realize what he's really gotten himself into. Uh, he's been he, he's marked for death. As soon as he worked for Chadwick, he is marked. It's true. And, and the thing is, is so like when we see the frozen water. I didn't even instantly think he did it. Oh, I absolutely did not. I thought he uh, was just what he said he was. I, I thought that the the cold was just traveling down the line and that he was freaked out. Now, it did hit me. It's the hottest day of the year, and he's been talking about his cold all day. Since for the beginning, it's Chekhov's cold. <laughs> it's true. I mean, he, he was complaining about it, and... At one point where they made a point that they were walking and he was left behind because he had the cold. That's when I started wondering, what's going on with the cold? There's something to that far more than just, you know, it's it's goofy. It's funny because he's a, a Los Angeles cop with a cold. Uh, they, they were they were hanging the lampshade on it to make sure you noticed it. And but it wasn't until the drinking fountain. That I really felt like, oh, well, there's a lot more to this than than what we know. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I can be a little dense sometimes. It took until he was kidnapping Wilkes <laughs> for me to go, oh, he's the bad guy. Well, I, no, at that point, I didn't think he was the bad guy, though. When he when he was drinking the drink, the water from the drinking fountain, I still was trying to figure out what's going on. Hey, when you're a kidnapper who kidnaps kidnaps, mm. <laughs> you're no longer a good guy. Kidnapping kidnapper who kidnaps? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Okay. Absolutely. He's not a good guy. He is justified it to himself, and he's found himself working for a man like Chadwick, who is has political aspirations to be a senator. We don't know a lot of what's behind him yet, but we do know he has uh, Emma Frost. No, not Emma. What's her first name? Whitney. Whitney Frost, who... Uh, is a character from the Marvel universe. 
And we can all begin to get excited because Madam Mask is on the screen. And Let's just bring Taskmaster. There's a lot of rumors about Tasky out there. And we're just bringing him back to the MCU. Now, Jason Wilkes, by the way, is a Marvel character from, as far as I can tell, from a single story in an anthology, one of the, the sci-fi horror anthologies that they did before the superhero stuff. Um, he's a scientist who was contacted by a communist to develop an invisibility ray. And then he turns it on and succeeds, but then he can't turn it off. And there is no antidote because he's intangible as well. Sounds like coincidence to me, Ben. Coincidence. Coincidence, sure. Yeah. But anyway, Chadwick and 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 Frost, she's a famous actress and he's a politician. They have a relationship that reminds me a little bit especially with that last scene where they pay off the cop who killed uh, Andrew uh, uh, Henry. Uh, it reminded me of a really less um, less beautiful, maybe, less uh, intriguing uh, couple like the couple from, from House of Cards, which is, oh, I wish I, could, I can't remember their names now. It's the lady from Princess Bride and... Ah, uh, talking about Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, Kevin Spacey. So we, we basically and have the, a, the lady from Forrest Gump, whose name's also now c- currently skipping me, married to Sean Penn at one time. Uh, what are you talking about? <sighs> Who are you talking about? The lady from House of Cards. No, no, she's not. She's she's from Princess Bride. Yeah, and she's also in. She's also in Forrest Gump. Really? Yes. I didn't realize that's the same person. Yes. That's too bad. I hate that movie with a passion. But yeah, he he's a poor man's Kevin Spacey that we're getting here. And he's serviceable. Robin Wright. Oh, thank heavens. Robin Wright. Yeah. And she's a poor man's Robin White, I guess. But. Yeah, so let's talk about the next episode because there's a lot more to talk about here with with what's going on. Shall you we? may not be able to shut me up with the next episode. Okay. Well, we start out with a cute workout scene with Carter and Jarvis and some awkward interaction. Uh, Peggy meets Sousa's girlfriend, Violet, and they get along famously. We continue the case of the frozen woman. Her body is stolen by a an, uh, a uh, well a trained assassin, basically. Uh, Chadwick goes into a secret meeting with the sign of the pin, the sign of Hydra on the wall. The council has decided to shut down Isodyne, uh, Chadwick's, Chadwick's science business. And they are, they tell him you are going to get rid of everything today. Just in time for that, Carter and Sousa get a search warrant from Thompson in New York, only to find out that Isodyne has put up a fake radiation alert. But, Dr. Wilkes makes arrangements to meet Peggy and Wilkes steals some information from Isodyne. Uh, he's going to show that to Peggy. Sousa, we find out, plans to propose to Violet. Meanwhile, Carter gets some clothes so she can go and meet, meet Wilkes. They converse. They dance. Wilkes isn't going to explain what he knows. He's going to show her and they are going to be followed. Uh, Chadwick and Frost, meanwhile have a, a moment together. She 
gets angry uh, about the council shutting things down and says, the council always walks all over you. And, but she's talking to this guy because she kind of walks all over him too. Then she calms down, they hug and she gives a great who farted stare into space as the camera holds on her. Uh, we go to the observatory in Los Angeles and we get Wilkes backstory and we get a beautiful view in the dark. Then they go into the observatory. Apparently he has access to the theater room and they watch a film. Uh, it's not just an atomic test film. It's an atomic test that shows an anomaly. Zero matter, a perfect fluid. Jane had made contact with that zero matter. And so Carter decides we're going to steal the zero matter. That plan, however, is interrupted by an attack. We get a gunfight. We get a car chase. They steal one of the bad guy's cars and find a pin in the car seat. They uh, still want to go and steal the zero matter. So they head back to Isodyne. Sousa finds out that Peggy is missing. He reacts very badly to that situation. Wilkes goes in to collect the zero matter while Carter fights their foes uh, who are there to stop them from doing so. But Frost comes to Wilkes in the, the, the laboratory and she wants the dark matter, the zero matter and Wilkes unfortunately drops it and it explodes. Wilkes goes missing. Carter is shell shocked. Sousa has awkward interaction with his girlfriend the next morning. And Whitney Frost is transforming into something. Or at least she has a, a nasty looking scrape on her forehead. So there it is. There it is. Wilkes is gone. My question of, is he the one that Carter talked about in Winter Soldier? Who was in the war? Probably not. Because he might be dead. But he might not be. We he might not body. be. There we didn't see a body. body. I'm, I'm not going to jump to conclusions yet. So. I am not either. I'm just saying if he's dead, makes sense. If he's not, are we looking at a superpowered individual? It, well, he easily could be. He had this uh, he contact with a proof of perfect fluid. All of this, all the stuff that just happened to him is easily a, uh, a superhero origin story. Very well could be. All right, I'm going to just jump around for a while, Ben, and just sit back and relax and react. Yeah, Are you ready? Enjoy the ride, yeah. Violet. Yes? From Hydra. Violet from Hydra. It's official. Angie's not here. It's because on the West Coast, there's another agent looking after the SSR. It's Violet from Hydra. She's just too nice. Just too nice. She knows that Peg and Sousa's got a history. It's pretty clear. I mean, for heaven's sakes, the man went Kylo Ren out there. But the only woman who's going to be able to handle that with the sort of grace and class that she did was, in fact, Violet from Hydra. Or it could be a woman who has grace and class. I'm, I'm ben, just throwing that out there. This is the 1940s. Women don't have grace in class in the 1940s. I'm, they, I'm totally willing to let yourself hang yourself right now. They, they, they entirely, many of them did. But this one is from Hydra. No way. Yeah. Nope. Number two. Yeah. 
really like Rose's expanded role. Me too. Me I love, too. I love seeing, I thought it was nice seeing her again. It was like, oh, we've got a connection from season one to season two. But the fact that this office is smaller and continues to have people find it when they're not supposed to has set up an opportunity for us to have a, a character for us to peek into the world of the SSR with, who's not a super agent, and some nice comedy, and someone who can say things out loud about people's relationships. I mean, the moment she made the comment, that he made the comment that, she made the comment that Susa's got a very special worry about Peggy. It was like, thank you for having a character here who can say this stuff out loud. Yeah. Now, did you notice in the uh, previously on that they did for episode one, they showed her. I thought, oh, that's cool. They're showing that first scene where we get, the, you know, it's hidden behind the telephone company, but they, they showed her. And so I think that was intentional. Yeah. And I'd really love it. I would love it if we could in every episode have someone just drop into the office and her have to deal with them. The sad clown. That was really funny. That was hilarious. Who's that sad clown? Clown. Because <laughs> he was sad. And her reaction to him explaining who he was was fantastic. Yeah. So I love having more rows here. Okay. Number number three. Number three. I liked having a little adventure here. We're running through the city. Mm-hmm. And and it's not like the cities of today where there's a 24-hour Walmart. You know, these are people who are, you know, on their own and have to find resources. They're being chased by mob gangsters, assassins, and and it's it's a fun little adventure time. And again, we get to see Peggy beat people up, which is fantastic. I agree. Me too. All right. I'm going to get heavy now. Wilkes. Wilkes part one. Me too. I don't know what you're going to say, but me too. My oldest was so frustrated. Fighting against the shipping. Angry with the kiss. Oh. Angry. Because, you know, Carter and Sousa are supposed to be together. We've spent a lot of time watching these two be awkward with each other. Now we have this Wilkes gentleman here. He's taken her out for a nice dinner. He's made sure to get to know her. Again, Luke Cage, take notes. Um, they've interacted. They've fought together. They've shared life histories and stories. He's a nice guy. And then we get the kiss. And there was a lot of groaning. But later, this, this same person looked over at me, the same between tween and said, if they kill him now, after they've just made me start liking him, I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> So again, never really happy with the shipping, but really came to like Wilkes as a character in two episodes. They did a good job. And so if he is dead, they did a great job of building his character up and making us like him and making us accept that he could be the one for Carter. I accepted it. I was willing to go there and willing to say, okay, Susan's going his way. She's going her way. And I don't mind where they're going. But then, you know, the whole zero matter thing happened. So now I'm going to get serious, Ben. I, I thought you were already getting serious. Wilkes. Because that's what I was saying, me nope. too, too, before. And you didn't. No, go I'm going to get really, really serious. Okay. Me too. 
Peggy Carter, Agent Carter, I, I think it's no secret that really in the first season, we don't a lot with what it's like for a woman to have to fight her own personal battles within a man's world. That was very much part of the story arc. How does Peggy move forward as a woman, uh, the quote-unquote weaker sex in a world, of, especially this world where we have a, a large number of testosterone-filled men who have just come back from war and are needing jobs and displacing women, women who have shown that they did a very good job, a superior job in many cases of holding these jobs, and then being pushed out, as in Peggy's case, by men who were inferior as far as their performance was. Wilkes has added a new layer here. We're not done with what I'm going to call the the social commentary, per se. And, and this is one of the things I love about comic books and comic book stories is you can learn things. Here we, we have Wilkes being depra- uh, depicted as a, as a victim of racism. And, and I think in many ways we look at it and we're not expecting it. It's not like the story is set in the South. This isn't a place with Jim Crow laws. Um, for some of us, it may be addressing issues about hidden racism, but he still has to face racism, and, which is a real fact of the late 1940s. Wilkes went through the war, is a veteran just like Sousa, just like Thompson, was able to get an education because of that, able to get a position that he proved himself quite capable of, and then enters the workforce in a post-World War II world and finds really no opportunity for him. Isodyne is the only place that would hire him, an African-American man with a degree in experience, because he looks at a world that's racist. He lives in that world. And the thing is, is this is actually a true reflection of 1940s American culture, I'm sad to say. Um, it's part of our heritage and history. And here in a comic book, we're reminded of it. And hopefully in many ways, in, just like in the place of, place of Peggy, we're reminded not to relive that. We like Wilkes. The fact that he's an African-American is secondary. He's a really nice guy. But here, again, in a, a show that's culturally placing some of these things, we even hear Sousa say, you know, that's a black club. Um, it is appropriate for the time. Yeah, it's definitely segregation and separation in action. And again, it's in Los Angeles, a place that we're going to be thinking of as being progressive. But it's also the 1940s. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they went there with this. I'm glad that they weren't uh, anachronistic with their progressiveness. Uh, in fact, I, I was wondering if they were going to go there because to see a man in, in his situation, in his uh, position uh, in 1947, but also with his skin color, I was thinking, okay, this, are they just going to not address it or, or are they going to, to go there? And, and they do. And would and, you say they don't whitewash it? Yeah. I, I'm glad they didn't, though. I'm, I'm glad they went there. I, I, I feel like they could have really portrayed it more realistically, even. Uh, and get, but, but there's but, tension. Well, there's but here's tension the thing. Because of this. Well, here's the thing, though. Modern art, not in the in the actual, you know, capital M, capital A, 
sense. But art made in our time, in our year that we live in, is going to reflect our time, even when it's supposed to be historical fiction. Historical fiction reflects our time through the lens of that past and allows us to look at the past, but it's also going to cause us to look at now. And I I feel like uh, bringing Wilkes in like this, making us uh, you know, like him, but then feel, you know, bad for her situation. I, I, I think that that's actually, uh, a reflection of today. And, and to say, you know, you, you call it hidden racism. There, there's absolutely still that hidden racism today. And, and there's overt racism also. Yeah. Yeah. But the hidden racism is, is more insidious, I think, because people don't know it's there or feel like it's not there. Uh, you know, well, it's not here because I can't see it. Uh, even though I can't see it because I'm, I'm choosing not to look at it in some ways. And so anyway, I'm, I'm glad they went there with that. This is something that, um, like I said, they, they could have gone much, much deeper with that. Uh, but this is a lighthearted adventure show, you know, or it's, which is what we could have only gotten. Right. And, and so this is where, you know, we're kind of looking at the same situation as like Jessica Jones, but just on a, uh, there's more of a surface level to it, but it's still there. And, and I appreciated that. And, and what he does has more importance by get, by stealing the film, by taking it from the one place that has been willing to employ mm-hmm. him and a thing that he's clearly good at. It makes the stakes higher for him. It, it makes the stake higher. It also shows a moral compass. He's not compromising on being honest. Yeah, this He's is not going, a light thing for him to choose to do. Yeah. So, I mean, they really – when I talk about this being a really good show, to be able to take this issue, put it in its a historically appropriate location, and then add it to – sprinkle it into the story has really made Wilkes even more likable and admirable because it's something that – if this has real stakes for him, if Isodine, who's trying to kill him, but if he lives or if he just got fired, he is looking at perhaps going back to scrubbing floors or working for the SSR. I mean, let's be honest. That's where well, I thought he was going and, to be anyway. And we all know how that works for non-white men. Well, but here's the thing, Daniel, this his character and his his arc fits into the theme that I'm seeing in these two episodes and in season one, two of the search for significance. You look at Thompson. What is he looking for? He wants to be important. He wants to be somebody. Carter was in his way because she was good, better than him. And if people found that out, he was looking at losing out. Uh, And the whole really downer of a pep talk he got from from his mentor was about significance looking for significance for wilkes it was being told you know you can't get out of of this uh the fields or whatever he was he was working in you don't deserve more is what he was told and fortunately he didn't believe that lie but he was searching for significance to do something that matters and to be recognized for what he's doing. Carter, that's what she's doing. She's trying to be recognized. I mean, that's not what's motivating her, but it's there. You know, her whole, her, her sentence that we, 
when we were trying to figure out t-shirts maybe that we would make that had quotes significant quotes from each character hers was i know my value and so this is this is all about learning and finding your true value for thompson his true value he's not going to find where he's looking and so if he doesn't start looking somewhere else he's not going to find his true significance he's looking in the wrong places and, but for wilkes and for carter and all you know these other characters too all of these people who are coming into that los angeles talent agency what are they looking for significance sad clown tap dancers what do they want they want to be someone they want to be a star they want to be recognized and so that's the theme that i'm kind of seeing here and that's where it's great that they're using you know a woman in the 40s to address that issue they're using uh an african-american man in the 40s to address that issue they're using a blonde white guy to address that issue they're using these people from different places to address a universal issue now the universal issue hits them in different ways and they have different things to overcome uh for thompson honestly it's overcoming the the assumed or presumed significance that he has just by being white he has to get beyond that he has to get beyond being the man who can take carter's uh recognition but that's that's what I'm seeing here. And that's for me what I'm really enjoying and what I really did enjoy about Agent Carter. Um, there's another line, Mrs. Jarvis talking to Carter about about Jarvis. And, and she says, it doesn't take long to realize you've met someone special. Um, and I, I feel like that's another, you know, searching for, you know, you want to be special. You want that significance. And I would take that line a little bit further to say, you know, these are all people who are special, but their time and their place is telling them they're not. And it's heartbreaking. Uh, and it's still heartbreaking, even in our modern age, where we have people who are told you are not special. You don't have value. Uh, it's not true, by the way. <laughs> I'm getting on a I'm getting on a soapbox again, but it's not true. If you're listening right now, you are special. You are valuable and I'll get off my soapbox, but I'll probably get on it again later in another episode. Anyway, that's what I see with agent Carter and that's what I enjoy. And that's why I want Amazon to discount it so I can watch it again. <laughs> and another reason why I like Wilkes is he's looking out to pass where the lights stop. And I haven't checked the geography, mm -hmm. but, but he's looking towards orange groves. Uh-huh. And I'm saying to myself, that's because he was picking the oranges in the orange groves. And what is a little burb, a little sleepy rural community of Anaheim? And someday, Walt Disney's going to come and he's going to buy those orange groves and he's going to make Disneyland. Possibly. Can you see Disneyland from the observatory? I don't remember. I've been there. I, I love that place. It's such a cool looking place. I don't know. Oh. I haven't been there. You haven't been there? No. Oh, that's right. You go to I Los go to Angeles Disneyland. for one reason and one reason only. Dude, I, I went to the beach once after I went to the Walt Disney Studios. Yeah. 
I went to the Walt Disney Studios once. I delivered a script to the animation department there. Oh, we haven't talked about that. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool. How'd that work out for you? I delivered a script to them for my agency that I worked for. had nothing to do with me. I was (laughs) just a courier. Oh, what, what, what was the script? I have no idea. I was just the courier. I didn't no, ask questions. I just followed orders. That's disappointing. <laughs> Sorry, man. All right. So what else do we have to talk about here? Uh, you want to talk about the zero matter? Sure. What is that stuff, man? Is it the portal? It feels like it could be the portal. It feels like it could be the portal, except for the fact that it doesn't stop being fluid. Right. I don't know. I mean, they, they do a test. The test goes wonky and stuff gets sucked in. And then you end up with this perfect liquid that um, has no viscosity, I guess, or I'm not sure that, you know, Wilkes did the science, but we're just the agents, right? We're not the scientists. He does the science, so we don't have to. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about Chekhov's sock on the doorknob? <laughs> oh, Howard, you have an influence even when you're not here. Well, and I don't, are we going to see him? I believe we are. Okay. Uh, and when we do, uh, you know, we have a show we need to talk about featuring our, our buddy Howard. You're talking about Preacher? No. Oh, cause I haven't seen any of that. No, no. I'm talking about, uh, the man who would be Bond. Oh. What do you mean? Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, you need to watch that, Daniel. Where do I find it? It's on Netflix. Oh, it's uh, I think there's only four episodes, but I think they're like 90 minutes long. And it's about Ian Fleming. And our buddy Howard, I can't remember the actor that plays him right now. I'm not prepared, I guess, but he plays uh, Ian Fleming and historical action adventure fiction type of thing. But yeah, it's totally I'm watching it and I'm thinking to myself, Daniel would totally dig this. Probably. It's, it's historical fiction. It's tied into Bond and it's it's our Howard Stark. And Dominic really appreciates it when you remember his name. Dominic. There his name is. Dominic Fortune, right? No, no. <laughs> no, Cooper. no. Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like those connected names. Um, you know, the other person that I've been seeing is uh, the guy who plays Jarvis here. Again, I don't have IND in front of me, so I can't remember his name. He's in Broadchurch, and it's really weird weird to watch Broadchurch and see him playing a criminal, talking to David Tennant, playing a washed-up police officer. Uh, and then you also have a couple other actors from, from other shows that I've seen, but Broadchurch is just a weird one for me because of all the, the faces that I'm recognizing from different places. Maybe I need to watch that. Broadchurch? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would. Tenet is fantastic. Fantastic in it. Totally different from The Doctor. Totally different from The Purple Man. He is fantastic. So, yeah, we don't know what the Zero Matter is yet. We will find out. But obviously it has something to do with our Whitney Frost becoming... Madam Mask or whatever they're going to call her. I, th- I think it's inner. It's there's something going on there. Y- you know, really, this episode does. She's going to get the mask. It really sets us up for her getting the mask. When we have her seen 
where we see again just the horrible sexism of a 1940s Hollywood studio. Oh, yeah. Talk about she's definitely feeling insecure about her body image and her face and her clothes and you know, she's getting older and she's becoming imperfect at least in the the minds of a hack Hollywood producer who, you know, was on a Disney Channel show once. Um so we already have that start. Then we see her at the end and her face looks a little more wrinkly to me. And we've got that that slash where we, we definitely have zero matter inside of her. She's going to get the mask because it's clear she's going to be covering up that face as it gets a little, you know, as it is in the comics, disfigured. Yeah. And I, I felt horrible for her with that that scene where, I mean, it's kind of played a little for laughs because he's he's a jerk. He's not a lovable jerk, but what he's saying is so wrong that you just can't help but be like, oh, my goodness. But you also then recognize that's not uncommon. That is totally the view that they were taking of just, you know, well, you've looks are everything. Looks are everything. And the reason you're in this picture is because of the way you look. And if you're not going to look right, then you're not in the picture. It, oh, and what's really effective and, is is it, this is a character we know we don't like. Yeah, yeah. We know you know she's someone who allows her husband to have mistresses. Um, she's someone who's not nice, and here she's being treated this way, and we we don't like it for her. Right, and again, this is not just a 1940s problem. This is a problem of today, and you know it. <laughs> And I don't since the 40s, it hasn't stopped being a problem. And it was a problem before the 40s, too. But um, yeah, Ben, as you know, I was sick all weekend. I don't know. As you know, I, I didn't. You really should pay attention. I told you I was sick. Um, oh, that's right. You were watching TV. Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't shave. And this morning I saw my beard. And there's gray hairs there, buddy. I know what it feels like. I know. <laughs> well, join the club. I'm not just the president. I'm a user of the gray hair for men. You know what they say, Ben? I don't. Diet. <laughs> okay. <sighs> yeah, I, I've had gray hair for a while now. It's just something you got to learn to live with. I thought about coloring it, but it would be like funky color. And I would never be able oh, to get away with that. Oh, you'd dye it purple, wouldn't you? That'd just be weird. Not not that. Not purple. Grow up and be a man. Well, I am growing up and growing out and growing old. So here we are. Who else do we need to talk about? Oh, check out mm. St- Sock on the Doorknob. That's, that's uh, Stark. He has the car that's ready to go. And so my note was the sock on the doorknob, check off sock on the doorknob. They set it up earlier. They used it later. That's the way you do it. Yep. Good foreshadowing. And good writing here. Both these episodes. They both, they so they both zipped along. They were at a fast clip. And there was never a dull moment. Never a moment where you're just like, okay, what's going on? But I didn't feel rushed along also. Like the way Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has rushed us along. I don't want people to think that I'm shilling this show. It's so good. So good. 
Yeah. Well, what else do we have here? I don't think there's really much else to talk about for me. So I'm just, I'm going to sit back and wait. Do you have anything more? Uh, what do we think of Susie, Isuza and Violet from Hydra's relationship? Are we pro or are we con? I'm pro uh, until we find out more. I don't think we're going to find out she's from Hydra, but we might find out that she's, you know, his, him just saying, well, I can't have Carter. So I, I do think Violet from Hydra should be worried. Again, he went totally Kylo Ren on that office. He was mad, angry, and not even rational. And, you know, girlfriend, that's not really what you want to see out of your boyfriend when it's about another woman. Yeah, that's 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 true. That's truth. Um, it's funny you brought up Kylo Ren. You know, I told you our, our uh, the rear windshield and our, our van got smashed. Our kids were making up stories about how it happened and Kylo Ren getting upset and mad uh, was one of those stories of how that happened. That's true life right there, buddy. It is. Kylo Ren. Yeah. Well, that those are really the points that I have about these two sorts of episodes. Again, I'm tense. I'm tense about the relationship between Sousa and Peggy. Tense about uh, Violet from Hydra and, and Sousa because he's a he's a nice guy, a little lost, a little awkward. I'm worried that Wilkes might be dead. Okay, I'm not really worried that he's dead. He's not dead. Jeez. You know, I thought was really people cool. listening to this episode oh. right now are probably yelling at their iPods and other devices, going, "We saw him in episode three. Oh. which I don't know is true because <laughs> we haven't seen episode three yet. Yeah, we but. totally haven't. Uh, I did like the council, the weird candle extinguishing thing. Yeah, it was a hard time for me. I'm sorry when when Bernadette's dad from Big Bang Theory is your spokesperson. It just it didn't work. I'm not sure which one is that. The one with the mustache. Oh, so the not the devil. No. Yeah. Okay. Um. I, I thought that was cool. I thought that was fun. I think we're going to find out they were Hydra. Obviously, I've already said they're that. very connected. And yeah, I think that's it about would explain it. if the zero energy is in fact the portal. Why they're so interested in it? Because when they're going to burn this isodine operation down, they're going to take the zero energy. But now it's gone. Where is it? Is it in her? It's like Intel. It's inside you. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's about it then for our conversation here. And we have one piece of feedback. Would you like to move on to that? Let's play those. Hey, did I mention this is really, really good? You did. You did. Yeah. I, it's five red hats. We don't we don't rate these episodes, but I, I'm just going to five red hats. <laughs> All right. Here we go. SSR field report. Agent Dylan sent in a message. Subject line, the lady in the lake slash a view in the dark. And Daniel, I forwarded this to you to make sure you could see the attachments that were included in that. Of a gun. What? Son of a gun. Agents. Okay. <sighs> Who else thought the zero matter was gravitonium at first? So that pin. When I first saw it, I thought, what is that symbol? It seems significant and familiar. 
yet I can't place it. Kind of like Peggy. Uh, he's saying not that she's significant and familiar. And you can't place her. He's saying that she was feeling that. Uh, but then I saw it on the wall of the secret organization's HQ. And I knew immediately what it was. Hydra. Did she see some familiarity with the symbol Hydra used during the war like Fitzsimmons did? Did she see it on something of Angie's? No. Uh, hopefully we'll find out. Attached is one of the logos Fitzsimmons discovered compared with said symbol. Unmistakably, it is the same symbol. So, is Dottie working with Hydra now? By the way, she is totally not going to be gone for long. Not to mention Roxon Oil Guy is Hydra. So what could this mean for that case that Matt and Foggy worked? Could have had some tie to Hydra. Also, according to MCU Wiki, Roxxon also sponsored that race in Iron Man 2. And there was a Roxxon guy in Iron Man 3. It's all connected. Finally, I don't trust Violet. Oh, and Whitney's husband is totally going to win his Senate race. This will help pave the way for the Hydra infiltration. Oh, and S.H.I.E.L.D. is beginning. Heep. Agent Dylan signing off. And indeed, the attachments are the picture, a really good picture of one of Fitzsimmons uh, logos from the book and the symbol from the wall. And clearly... A Agent Agent Dylan has defeated me. He, you didn't, but Agent Dylan did. <laughs> okay, so... Yeah, there's nothing to be said. It It's an exact match. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, not exactly, but close enough enough close enough so yeah so that's our feedback for this episode and we will be doing our next episode soon uh it will appear uh, sometime later on and if you are listening after agent carter season two is done you don't care about that anyway so that's all i'm going to say about that other than to say our next episode, it will not be Jessica Jones. It will be uh, the next uh, Carter episode, episode three of Agent Carter. So, Daniel, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I am feeling energized and invigorated. And as much as I appreciate uh, Jessica Jones, it has been so much fun to spend this time with just the like I said, the the light adventure of Agent Carter. And there's room for both here. Clearly, there's room for both. They both work well. And I'm enjoying both. But, yeah, I, I think that's all I really have to say other than uh, to tell everyone, you know, we'd love to hear from you. You know how to contact us. Go to welcometolevel7.com. Email us, feedback at welcometolevel7.com. Don't forget the seven is spelled out. Find us on Facebook, on Twitter. We're out there. Those are my last words. Daniel, do you have any last words? Yeah, sorry that I mentioned the whole beard thing and perfection thing earlier today. My wife likes to point out that I just can't stop myself. But, you know, when I'm walking down the hall and it catches my eyes, first thing I think is, good Lord, is that a mirror? Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 177-55-LEVEL-7. 
You can also join the lively conversation going on at Facebook.com slash Welcome to Level 7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're Level 7 Pod. But remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is Little Lily Swim by Tritachion, found at SoundCloud.com slash Tri-Tachion. Hey, Daniel. I'm sad. Why? Because if you had today's quote, I had it all written out for you. I had a quote, too. Was it, I love you, Daniel? No. No. (laughs) No. Well, never mind, then. No, you want to know what my quote was, Daniel? And then we'll talk about our actual post-credit thing. You're going to appreciate this one. Here it goes. I feel like the person who fights the bear should be the one to get the honey. You know how I feel about bear fighting. If you're going to make it look like there's going to be a bear fight, there better be a bear fight. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what are we going to talk about, Ben? Uh, You want to talk about the video that was posted to Twitter that we saw? Yeah. It's also up on our Facebook now, too. Yeah. Did you put that up there? I did. Good. I got our back. It's worth. (laughs) Thanks, Daniel. It's good because it is funny and it's it's there's some honesty to it. Well, it literally in the name. So the, the video what we're talking about is if you've never seen it, you should go watch some more of these things. But Honest Trailers, which is a YouTube channel, has at the request of their fans put together an Agents of Shield five minute Honest Trailer. It is long and that's probably the only complaint I have because it's funny. Like the whole thing is funny. Except for the final joke. I'm not going to say what the final joke is. The final joke is the anticlimax for me because it's not that well, great. It, it had its moments with that final joke. I mean, you might argue that one deficiency with it is they claim to not have watched the show. And there's at least one moment where I was like, eh, maybe you guys don't watch the show. Um, they, they claim not to watch the show? Yeah, they're like, even though I see, I hear it's getting better, even though I quit watching the oh, middle of season one. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see that as but a that's claim. Also, that's also a joke. I yeah, think. I see that more as a joke because that is what a lot of people have done. Uh, but then they labeled something later, and I was like, eh, maybe they don't watch it. Uh, well, they also then tried to shill their show Agents of Field, which I couldn't tell if that's a real thing that they made or not. But it's, it's, it's a 17-minute show. I began to watch it. Um. It looks like they might have a channel that you can subscribe to and you can get an entire six episode season of this Agents of Field. I'm not interested enough. Yeah. But it does look like they put a lot of work into it. Anyway, this trailer, this honest trailer is uh, I don't want to spoil the jokes because us telling the jokes here isn't going to be as funny as them actually telling the jokes with all the pacing and and lots of cutting in with uh, dialogue and stuff like that from the show. Well, and I, and I think they definitely poke fun. for fans, for fans of the show, you're going to appreciate it because it calls out some truths that we've often talked about, like the fact that, you know, you got to shill some other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> or your entire concept was ruined at the moment Winter Soldier came around. <laughs> yeah. And the, the lack of, of Marvel superhero characters and the lack of movie actors coming to the show. Um, it, but the way they present it, it, it is fun. And I feel like it's a gentle poking fun with the show, not poking fun at the show. It's not laughing at the show. It's laughing with us fans as we recognize issues we've had with it. So It's got all of our inside jokes. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then some. Yep. So go check it out. That's that's our post credit, right, Daniel? That's it. Okay, so I'm gonna play the stinger. close it down. Here we go. That was really loud. <laughs> I'm gonna have to adjust that. Let me adjust that and play it again. Here we go. <laughs>